All right, as we begin, just want to say when we, uh, when Elder was here last week, he brought out three good points. We have been actually studying these points. Salvation, Savior, and saved. We know salvation is a continuance in our life and Jesus is our Savior who is the one who gave us salvation. Being saved is the end result of salvation. When we say we are saved, we are speaking by faith what we believe will be. Having salvation means being salvaged. Salvaged from what we were and where we were. The word salvage means to rescue what is reckoned or disabled. Without Christ, our life is reckoned and disabled. It is of no value, good for nothing. It also means to retrieve something that is potentially lost. Without him, we are lost in iniquity. When Jesus came and died for us, we were retrieved from being lost and disconnected from the Father. Without Christ, we cannot make it. We are born in sin. We were lost from the relationship with the Father and the Son. Jesus was the payment due for us in order to be retrieved back to the one we were lost from. It literally cost Jesus his life. It is by the Savior that we became salvageable. And by the Savior, we can be saved. And by the Savior, salvation has come. This could not be accomplished by no one else but Jesus. Let me use this as a natural example. When you buy something, it usually comes with a 90-day warranty or usually one to five-year warranty. And then you can get an extended warranty if that time expires, but it does not cover everything. Back in the Old Testament, they had a warranty. It was by the sacrificing of animals that was good for one year. After the year, they had to sacrifice again. Just think, back then, man was using animals to work their land, to feed their stomach, and sacrifice them for their sins. The animals was their extended warranty. But when Jesus came, there was only one sacrifice made, his life. The warranty we have now is a lifetime warranty. His blood has no expiration date. Remember, Simeon said he did not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. And because of Jesus, we have not been overtaken by death without being given a chance to receive the salvation that has come to us by Christ. Let's examine a little further what has what was done for us. Let's start with Hebrews 1 and 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers 
by the prophets. Sundry times means many times. Divers manners means different ways. So many times in different ways, God spoke to those of old, being our fathers and our and our forefathers and those God chose to speak to, such as the priests and the prophets. Jesus spoke to Moses with the burning bush. He spoke to Noah to build the ark. He spoke to Isaiah in, in regards to Hezekiah. God spoke to Samuel, and there are many others. Then it says in verse 2, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Today, by the word and the Holy Spirit, we are spoken to through the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And since Jesus has come, he has been appointed by his Father and is the heir of all things. And by him all things were made. Now keep your place in Hebrew, but go to Colossians 1, starting in verse 12. Verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. In other words, the Father has made us fit to share what his Son is heir of, and it makes us joint heirs. Verse 13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness, and have translated us into the kingdom of his Son. Before Christ came, we were in darkness, which is our own understanding. But by faith, we have been moved from darkness to light or from our own understanding to his understanding, from our reckless knowledge to his knowledge with his wisdom. Verse 14 said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It is by him and him alone we can be redeemed. It is by him and him alone we can be saved from sin. And it is by his blood and his blood alone we can be forgiven for the darkness we were in. Now, 15, it tells us, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Let's compare this verse with, with verse 3 of Hebrews 1. For Hebrews 1 and 3 it says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And also compare this with Philippians 2 and 5 where it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You see, Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the express image and he is in the form of God. God is invisible and cannot be seen with our naked eye. Christ is the express image of what we cannot see. Remember here, it says, it is saying Christ Jesus and not Jesus Christ. Hold on to your hats for this revelation. When it says Christ first, we are looking at the Son of God. When it says Jesus first, we are seeing the Son of Man. 
It is the Christ who was in the form of God in Philippians. It is the Christ who is the express image of his person. It is the Christ who is the image of the invisible God. It is the Christ, the son of God, who we see, who we are seeing through Jesus, the son of man. It is the Christ in Jesus who shows us who God is. That is why Jesus could say, I am in the father and the father is in me. Jesus also could say, I proceeded from forth and came from God. He also said this in John 14, 20. In that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. It was because of and through the Christ that Jesus could purge our sins when he took it to the cross and made it possible for us to have a relationship with God again. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So by him all things were created and all things were created for him. This was because Jesus was in the bosom of the Father by the word and he declared him, meaning God was made known to us through Jesus. Anytime God said, let us, the word was there. First John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. First John 5 and 7 said, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Whatever there was to be created, Christ Jesus had a part in it. Wherever God was, so was Christ Jesus. Whatever God was doing, so was the Word. Now, let us look at Hebrews 2 and 9, where Jesus furthers our salvation. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man made a little lower because Philippians 2 7 says, but made himself of no reputation that's being Jesus and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. What you see is the son of man being made a little lower than the angels by being given a body like an unto man called flesh. And just like we, just like we taste death, Jesus tasted death. The angels have no death to taste and nobody to taste it with. No trials, persecution, or tribulations. No hunger, pain, or sorrow. But Jesus came and was tempted in all points such as we yet without sin. Verse 10 and 11 of, of Hebrews says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Did you know you are made perfect through suffering? 
I know we don't want to hear this, but it is because of what you are going through, you are made perfect. Some of us go through it more and longer than others. For verse 11 says, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. Are we ashamed to call him our brother? Let's look at Acts 4, 1 through 12, and see if we can finish salvation here. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So here the disciples preached and taught what they saw, heard, and knew. Anybody remember what John said in 1 John? Well, let's look again what he said in 1 John 1, 1 through 3. But hold your place and follow along with me. 1 John 1 and verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest or made known, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What John is saying is we have had first-hand experience with him, and we come to share him with you. Now, back in Acts 4, verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Not like us today. They didn't do a lot when it got dark. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of men was about 5,000. Saints, they heard the word. Not opinions, not philosophy, not traditions. Not religion, but they heard the word concerning Jesus. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together to Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? They wanted to know by what power and by what name. If you were brought in question and you were asked these questions, what would, you, what would your reply be? Do we know by what power or name? Or is it only by what we heard? Are we likened unto the sons of Sceva or are we the sons of God? Verse 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we 
this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole. They are questioning what they did. That other physicians or other men could not do. It may not be healing that people approach you about, but the time will come when man will question what you believe. The salvation you say you have. Who you say Jesus is. The time has already come where your faith is challenged. Verse 10 says, but be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you hold. It is by no other man and by no other name can this man or any man be raised then or now. It is by no other man or no other name can salvation come then or now. Verse 11 says, this is the stone which was set at naught of your you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yeah. Salvation does not come by the way of denomination, by the way of tradition. It is not inherited from your parents. It is not received by faith. It is received by faith, excuse me, and knowing who Jesus is. You must be drawn by the Father and receive by the Son. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.